Arizona sports. Breaking news. Well, Baxter Holmes wasn't lying. Uh, he said soon, and it came soon after he tweeted uh, from Sham Sharania. And there's a statement also from the NBA. The NBA has suspended Suns owner Robert Sarver for one year from the Suns and Mercury organization based on a league investigation. Sarver has also been fined $10 million and uh, must complete training program focused on respect and appropriate workplace conduct. That coming down uh, just seconds ago from uh, the NBA. Um, a one-year suspension and a ten million, and a $10 million, million fine. dollar fine. So the league found it found this investigation to be uh, untoward and the workplace culture toxic enough to suspend him for a year and fine him heavily and and make him commit to training and that kind of stuff. But they did not make him sell the franchise, which is a lot. Which is what Al Sharpton uh, and others were requesting. Uh, I think it's interesting that this all popped um, this morning. There was a story on AZ Central about a former marketing department. An employee, her name is Ashley, and she tweeted out, quote, Dear at the NBA, I know it's not a priority for you at this point, but a lot of us trusted you, broke our NDA, and were traumatized all over again speaking to the attorneys you assigned because we thought you'd do the right thing. Phoenix Suns, you've let hundreds down, um, she wrote. And then right after that, boom, this this has all come down. Yeah, I wonder what if there will be any reaction from, from that particular woman because I saw that tweet late mm-hmm. late last week, and yeah, uh, it, did, it did get some traction. Action. Uh, but yeah, one year suspension, $10 million fine. The NBA communications put out a statement today uh, that uh, among the key findings, Mr. Sarver on at least five occasions, occasions during his tenure with the Suns Mercury organization repeated the N word when recounting the statements of others. Uh, Mr. Sarver engaged in instances of inequitable conduct toward female employees, made many sex uh, related comments in the workplace, made inappropriate comments about the physical appearance of female employees and other women and on several occasions engaged on inappropriate inappropriate physical conduct towards male employees. Uh, Mr. Sarver engaged in uh, demeaning and harsh treatment of employees, including, including by yelling and cursing at them. Those findings right there, those three bullet points, mm-hmm. very much in line from the report that Baxter Holmes published on ESPN.com. Uh, the details of which you can you can still find, but that was last November. Mm-hmm. Uh, so pretty much what was described in that report is apparently what the NBA found in conducting its investigation and interviews with current and former employees, uh, pretty much in line. We could download the entire report, I guess. I wonder. Uh, I wonder what this is going to do to people because, again, it's it's when 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 people break their NDAs, they do so out of uh, out of uh, not assurance, but uh, they are risking a lot. Is is what they're doing. And so I, I wonder what the, how this is going to be perceived. I wonder if if this is going to affect the NBA's um, reputation as being that progressive that, that they've always tried to be exactly the opposite of what the NFL is when it comes to these kind of things. We also know Robert Sarver lawyered up heavily for all of this. And and again, I uh, I wasn't privy to all the reporting in this report. It, if you can download the whole thing, I'm done. 48, 48 pages. 43 48, pages. Really? Yeah. Okay. Oh, 43 okay. pages, sorry. So I'm also wondering how the fan base will react now. Because if he was guilty enough to be suspended for a year, mm-hmm. how will they react when he comes back and he's still the owner? This guy that that's committed, you know, did something that was worthy of a year suspension, $10 million fine, is still the owner of your team. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, listen, and, and again, I think that a lot of this really, uh, I've, I've noticed in sports, a lot of times you take your cues from the teams about the nature of their owners. And, and to this point, the culture of the basketball operations department has kind of remained intact. So I don't know what you can infer from that. I'll be very curious to see what the reaction to this is. This is kind of, this is kind of splitting the middle, if you will. Yeah, I'm just thumbing through a lot of this. Uh, there's there's a lot of detail in this report that came out from the the law firm that conducted this. Uh, and we're, we're talking about ten months since that story broke too. This this has been a very lengthy lengthy process, um, and here you see the results. Um, I, yeah, I, I think Jared asked uh, an interesting question. Uh, I think there were a lot of members of the fan base that were hoping. Mm-hmm. That Robert Sarver would be forced to to, to sell, right. similar to the Donald Sterling situation right. with the Clippers, um, you know, to, and that has to, and that has largely to do with a lot of just the dysfunction that marked a decade before James Jones took over as general manager. Absolutely, of which he is responsible for being the owner of the franchise. I'm trying to think of other examples where a sports owner had been suspended for a lengthy period of time and then came back George, and was still the owner. George Steinbrenner. George Steinbrenner was the only one I could think of. Well, it's also it's also interesting too because Robert Sarver vehemently denied all of this. He did, but again, we're talking about a ten month investigation. Mm-hmm. It says over a hundred people witnessed this reported behavior. Yeah, that's a lot. So yeah, so I'll be yeah like like you. Uh, there's I, I don't know I, I can't predict what it's going to be. I'm I'm sure uh, uh, what's a foremost to Suns fans is. The basketball team and the state mm-hmm. of the basketball team that had but, its own drama. Yeah, well, yeah. How about it? But I think in the in the case of this, some of these stories are just are just it, it just paints the picture of just a horrible place to work at. For if yeah. you're it, in for, certain, for a lot of people, for a lot of people, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's 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 right there it's in the report you're reading. Five of the reports since the investigation's inception, three hundred and twenty people have been interviewed. Among the interviewees were two hundred two current employees, including senior team executives, one hundred former employees, twelve sons, minority owners, and Sarver. The investigators also conducted follow-up interviews of certain witnesses. From page 11, numerous witnesses reported that Sarver's aggressive behavior in the workplace well exceeded what might be expected of a demanding leader. Witnesses said that Sarver's workplace actions often seemed intended solely to provoke a reaction from employees to embarrass them or assert dominance over them. Yeah. Yeah, listen, I, I, I don't I don't know. I, I, I don't I've got a lot of thoughts on this, but but I, I'm going to re- read this report first. Yeah, it, absolutely. So, so to me, I, I think the bottom line is I, I don't know it, if Adam Silver is going to address this, but I think he needs to. Yeah, because if 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 being caught being racist on tape is enough to make you Donald Sterling sell the team, then it, it, at, at what level does this workplace toxicity and misogyny and that kind of stuff? What level do you have to reach? Yeah. And you wonder if this is the punishment and then during the next year while he's suspended, wheels go in motion where they sort of like nudge him out rather than saying like the punishment is we're forcing you out. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, no, I don't. Uh, I don't think that's what's going to happen. I, don't I, think so I, I think this was a I think Robert Sarver was fighting this tooth and nail is what I think. Yeah, in case you're just joining us, uh, announced today by the NBA. A uh, one-year suspension for Suns Mercury owner Robert Sarver, a $10 million fine, 
and also uh, needing to complete uh, sensitivity training, I guess, for lack of a better term. Probably, yeah. Yeah, a 43-page report released today that started in November, and again, over 320 people interviewed. Uh, I feel like Bick right now. Like, I got to... I got to... I got to... You know, pound into this before we can really talk much about it. But uh, again, I think Jared brings up a good point. What does this do to the basketball team? We're 13 days away from media day. Yeah. Uh, you know, training camp starts the day after that, and we're not far away from um, you know preseason action for a team that the, the guys on the floor, the coaching staff, support staff, they still have championship aspirations. We wondered about effects of this last year. Uh, and now we're t- talking about a second straight season where this is at least hovering over the Phoenix Suns in, in some way. That media day was already going to be fascinating yes. and volatile, and who knows what you're going to get out of it. Yeah, I, I wonder how much this will be. Uh, I know it'll be addressed by the media on media day. I wonder how much it'll be answered. Uh, that's yeah. two weeks from, from yesterday. Uh, so that is the latest. Uh, we, we'll delay it. We'll do it next. Social Studies with Sarah Cazell. It's Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Bickley and Murata Mornings on 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Bickley and Murata Social Studies. Brought to you by Carol Royce Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to carolhasthebuyers.com. That's carolhasthebuyers.com. Oh, it's not 9 o'clock. It's 9.15-ish. A little late today. Better late than never. Time for some social studies with Sarah Cazone. Oh, yeah. Better late than never. Absolutely. Let's get into it. At Bickley underscore Murata on Twitter. We're going to look back at Sunday's game between the Cardinals and the Chiefs with this open-ended question. Guys, what frustrated you most about the Cardinals' season debut on Sunday? Um, besides everything, the fact that it was just, it looked like the, the last seven games of, of last year's regular season and the playoffs, which was just one of the most ugly collapses of a, of a good team I've ever seen. And it looked like just more of the same, which kind of really makes me wonder what in the heck they're doing. Yeah, I mean, Vic said it well. I think Dave Patch said it well yesterday with with Wolf and Luke, a continuation of what we saw from a year ago when you had a full offseason, despite your challenges, despite your absences of key players, uh, to really address that that problem. Uh, a couple of problems. Reverse that 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 feeling that you had in the playoffs and your your problem with winning at home, and they didn't either. And they came they didn't come close to accomplishing either. No, no, they did not. They were not even in the same zip code. Uh, Spencer Van says the thing that frustrated him most about the Cardinals on Sunday is basically seeing a continuation from last season and no changes have been made. The team is being cheap using cap space to extend players instead of signing players at positions of need right now. Oh, and then I remember that Kime and Cliff are extended through 2027 with the hand in the face emoji. Uh, JGM Funkmeister was most frust- uh, frustrated by how many years have we talked about cornerbacks? 
First, it was who's going to play opposite Patrick Peterson. I remember those conversations. Arizona used him up and let him go, but never truly replaced him and still haven't found the guy to play opposite Patrick Peterson. Vance Joseph can only scheme so much to cover this glaring deficiency, says JGM Funkmeister. Keith C. says defensively for the Cardinals, everyone saw this coming except the GM. Yeah. And then Brett Spear, Coach Brett Spear, he appears to be a football coach or maybe in the past has been a football coach here in the Valley. He says the nonchalant attitude by the Cardinals organization about competing from top to bottom. That's what gets Brett Spear going but right now. Can I offer one on the other side, Please, too? absolutely. Uh, Derek responded, are we all forgetting that the Rams also got yep. smoked this week? The two AFC powers put on a display against the NFC West, and we were uh, and we're ready to roll. Mm-hmm. R-E-L-A-X, this team will be fine. Okay. Do you think the Cardinals did as well as the Rams did, relatively speaking, um, in their respective games? I, I, but the Rams are defending Super Bowl champions, yeah. so there's uh, there's two different ways of looking at each team. That was a that was a bad look for the Rams to come out that way. Yeah. They they got dominated about as thoroughly as the Cardinals got dominated. Let's be honest. Yeah. And then finally, Scotland Dadger. What a fun name, Scotland Dadger says. Like a plate of overcooked Brussels sprouts that you watch being prepared. You know it's going to smell, taste, yeah. and chew like garbage. And nothing else is coming to redeem it. <laughs> Unless it's those new age Brussels sprouts that That's people load up with the bacon, bacon and garlic yes. and balsamic vinegar. Oh, and yeah. Crispy right. and. Yeah. Scotland Dadger. Let's try a new recipe. Nothing is better. You know what? A vegetable is delicious when you have to do everything in your power to make it taste like not like the vegetable. Yeah. Make it I'm everything with, it I'm isn't. I'm Jared on that one. Brussels sprouts for me. Just uh, It's a little cabbage. That's a no for me, dog. <laughs> All right, Randy Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. That was a very timely reference. I know. I use it all the time, though, so I'm with you. All right, let's move on to our next question. Looking at the NFL as a whole, uh, before week one started, Super Bowl predictions were made on this show. Uh, It was the Broncos and the Niners for you, Dan Bickley. Is that correct? Thanks for reminding me, Sarah. You're so welcome. And then the Buccaneers and the Bills for you, Vince Murata. So now that we've seen all of the teams through week one, how are you feeling about those picks? Is there anyone else catching your eye for for the newfangled Super Bowl picks? Yeah, I don't. Uh, I think I'd probably back off both of those picks, to be quite honest with you. But again, it just one week, so I, I don't know. I mean, I could get boring and just go, yeah, Buccaneers versus the Chiefs or Bucks versus the Bills. Ah. Oh, yeah, no. Some of us picked that before we. Yeah, some of us need to see week one to know that one. I'm not switching. I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) I respect it. All right. Let's get to what some of our listeners think. Who do they think is going to make the Super Bowl? Um, The Bills and the Vikings says, let's go, Yotes, after their big week one win over the Packers. Uh, Chargers and the Eagles. The Eagles are such a sexy pick for a lot of people right now. That's Z's response. And then Andy Page says, Tampa Bay and Buffalo. Uh, Although the AFC championship of Buffalo and Kansas City might as well be the Super Bowl, Tampa Bay and Buffalo would be an incredible game. All right, let's get to our final question. Why are you looking at me like that, Jarrett? 
Stop I'm, rubbing nothing, your eyes, Jared. Stop. I'm not looking at you. Looking at I'm me, looking Jared. at the microphone that I was about to say something in Vince's oh, ear. Oh, what were you going to say? Oh, okay, cool. I'll, I'll keep talking then. All right, uh, and Don't finally. Don't talk in my ear. I can't wear my headphones, my... so I can't hear you. Oh, no. <laughs> Do you want to just say it over the air? Look at teams then, Vinny. <laughs> Look at teams, Vinny. I got it. Okay, good. All right, finally, we're looking at Monday Night Football last night in Seattle. A 17-16 win for Geno Smith and the Seahawks over Russell Wilson and the Broncos. What a game that was. What an ending that was. We're looking at the greatest Seattle athletes of all time. Of these four options, guys, who's the greatest Seattle athlete of all time? Is it Russell Wilson? Is it Ken Griffey Jr., Gary Payton, or Sue Bird? Uh, can I add a fifth selection? Yeah. Who gives a rip? Oh. Seattle. <laughs> well, it was relevant. Ken Griffey to Jr., I think, has got to be the answer. There's a couple of other write-in ones that mm-hmm. were possibilities. Ichiro. Yes. And Ichiro some people were saying Sean Kemp. Sh- yep, Sean Kemp. Uh, Marshawn Lynch got a couple, a couple nods. Uh, and then Apache Jedi Bear says, hey, the big unit played there. That's my vote. <laughs> Fair. Uh, <laughs> Jack Sigma love. Actually, yes. yes. There was a- yes. Uh, <laughs> love the perm. Let's go There's Yotes. A- Respond with Jack Sigma. I think that was it. Yeah. Uh, but Ichiro, definitely the most uh, most popular write-in vote. Ken Griffey Jr., 70% of the vote of those four. 16% for Sue Bird, 10% for Russell Wilson, 4% for Gary Payton. Wow. Ken Griffey Jr. winning by that much. Remember all those World Series the Mariners That's won? That's why I thought maybe Russell Wilson would get more votes, but... They can't. Nobody can vote for him today. They, apparently, they passed new legislation in Seattle. You can't be supportive of <laughs> Russell right. Wilson anymore. Right. Boo! There we go. There's social studies. Thank social you, Sarah. Social studies. Thank you, Sarah. Um, coming up next, if you were waiting for some uh, results on the investigation into the Phoenix Suns workplace culture, you got them today. We'll get into them, uh, what it means moving forward next. Bickley and Murata Mornings, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Time to take a look at the Arizona Sports Poll Question. Brought to you by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. All right, big news coming down, as you might have just heard in the update. Suns owner Robert Sarver has been suspended a year and fined $10 million due to some toxic workplace culture uh, confirmation by the NBA. Uh, We will get to that in just a second. But ArizonaSports.com right now for today's poll question, guys. Looking at the Cardinals and the Chiefs with their week one loss, what position group do the Cardinals need to step up most after Sunday's game? The D-line, the corners, the offensive line, or the wide receivers? Kind of surprised the linebackers didn't get mentioned there. Yeah, um, the corners, asking the corners to step up is asking mediocre football players to be better than they are. So I don't know if stepping up is the issue there. I would probably say, I don't know. What do you say? Choices again, D-line, corners. What we're, I'm, I don't have it in front of me. I'm sorry, Sarah. It's again, uh, D-line, corners, O-line, receivers. Mm. Uh, O-line. Uh, yeah, of those, I'll, I'll pick the O-line as well. All right. Even though they were marginalized with a third stringer starting at left guard. But uh, of, of those choices, I would go with that one. Okay. 43% said the D-line most needs to step up after Sunday's loss. 33% look at the corners. 19% voted for the offensive line. Only 5% said wide receivers. 
Uh, yeah, again, take take it uh, for what you will. Pro football focus, their defensive grades. Their highest rated linebacker for the Cardinals was Zaven Collins at 45.5. Isaiah Simmons, 39.3. Zeke Turner, 29.9. Tanner Vallejo, 29.4. Nick Vigil, 28.2. That ain't good. Uh, you can vote right now. Sanderson Ford poll question on the homepage at ArizonaSports.com. Yep, uh, show changed the uh, tone a little bit as uh, Baxter Holmes, who uh, wrote the ESPN article uh, outlining, well, a lot of what he described as a workplace toxic culture with the Phoenix Suns back in November. Uh, That led to an investigation, which has been concluded. A 43-page report uh, was released today uh, from the Wachtell, Lipton, Rosen, and Katz uh, uh, agency that, uh, that... conducted this investigation and the results of it are a one-year suspension for Robert Sarver, the owner of the Suns and the Mercury, mm-hmm. and uh, a $10 million fine. Now, it's what's, what's going to be really interesting is the reaction to this because this investigation cites this, quote, among other things, the investigation found instant instances of racial insensitivity, mistreatment of female employees, inappropriate commentary related to sex or sexual orientation, and disrespectful communications. The investigation also concluded the Sun's HR function was historically ineffective and not a trusted source for employees who are subjected to acts of improper workplace conduct. When you start rattling those things off, it's it's hard not to believe that the NBA went soft on Robert Sarver. It, because it, this is this this has always been a league that that claims to not be tolerant of that kind of stuff and it seems like the, the comparatively speaking what they're claiming to have found Versus the punishment of making Robert Sarver stay away for a year. I think it's going to upset a lot of people, is what I think. I think you're right. There was also a note. Over 50 current and former employees reported that Sarver frequently engaged in demeaning and harsh treatment of uh, employees, including by yelling and cursing at them. That on occasion constituted bullying under workplace standards. Uh, when we first had this discussion, when that article came out in November and we got a chance to pour over all the details... The, the thing that struck me the most, I can't speak for you, Bick, but the thing that struck me the most was toward the end of the Baxter Holmes article when he talked about or, or outlined and described uh, more than one instance of employees who felt like this was going on, but there was no recourse for them. Right. Like they were encouraged not even right. to go to human resources. Right. And when you have that kind of feeling permeating through any workplace mm-hmm. that's i mean that's a helpless feeling and i thought um i thought that would be maybe the the tenor of, of this investigation which there's a lot and, and a lot of what baxter holmes reported in november shows up in this report as well oh, yeah. a lot of crossover interviews i'm sure right um but yeah i i think your assessment is correct i i think there's a lot of people that will be um not pleased with the the outcome of this investigation <laughs> All right, so um, Adrian Wojnarowski reports, while the NBA says Robert Sarver cooperated fully with the investigative process, sources tell him that the Suns owner was unaccepting of the idea that he deserved a one-year suspension and $10 million fine for his behavior. The 
the punitive part of the process became largely acrimonious. Um, so it, it, Ralph Amsden wonders, what about the people who have signed written statements claiming that these were not true, of which he claims James Jones was one of them? I think that's interesting. Um, here's what Robert Sarver will not be allowed to do. He will not be allowed to be present at an NBA or WNBA team facility, including any office arena or practice. He can't attend or participate in any event or activity, including games, practices. Can't represent the Suns or the Mercury in public or private capacity. Can't have any involvement with the business or the basketball ops. Uh, can't have any involvement in the business governance of activities. Uh, he must complete a training program focused on respect and appropriate conduct in the workplace, and he's fined the maximum uh, amount allowed by the constitutional bylaws. The NBA will donate those t- that $10 million to organizations committed to addressing race and gender-based issues in and outside the workplace. So the latter part... Um, I think there's uh, there can be some good that gets done of that, but if but if what but if what Woj is reporting is accurate that Robert Sarver didn't believe he deserved to be punished at all, how receptive is he going to be to a training program? Well, I, I think what Woj is putting out there too is is pretty consistent with. I mean, you 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 brought it up earlier, Vic, that Robert Sarver has vehemently denied most of of, of the accusations mm-hmm. against him. I mean, that I, I think. Um, that reaction to a penalty handed out is pretty consistent with that mindset. It's also consistent to the idea that there is no way he's going to sell the team. And if if they try to force him to sell it, he's going to fight it with everything he can. That's I think that I think that's the bottom line here. Yeah. I think that's because uh, I don't think he didn't want to take a million dollar fine. He's not going to I mean, a 10 million dollar fine. He's not going to be forced to sell the team. Right. And so I because I don't think the NBA in the way they want to present themselves want to be seen as tolerant or lenient uh, on this kind of stuff. This is a lot of people have already expressed their disappointment in Adam Silver about this because um, what they do point out in this statement is 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 fairly obnoxious. Yeah, and that's even. I haven't gone through the whole forty forty three pages. Well, I haven't done of that it. either. I've just gone through the statement. Yeah, the statement, and um, you know, again, what I found in in thumbing through this is that a lot of um, a lot of you know match up to what was originally reported in the ESPN article from a basketball standpoint. Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider tweeted out, as part of the suspension, Robert Sarver is not to have any involvement in basketball operations, and he points out some key upcoming decisions. The Cam Johnson rookie extension decision, expiring contracts of Jay Crowder and Dario Saric, and whether or not the front office, in his absence for a year, will have permission to increase the tax bill, which directly leads to competitiveness on the court. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are those are all big, heavy basketball issues that they got to deal with now. A lot of people... Now, the Suns have still not released a statement, have they? I have not that's, seen one. They have. That's, a little, that's a little strange. I think they would have one ready to go. That's what I thought. Yeah. But, but maybe they didn't have one ready to go based on this kind of outcome. That's interesting. Uh, I, I'll be very, very curious to see now what the outcry is going to be. There's there's people who believe that the outcry might be enough to make him sell. I, I would say you don't know Robert Sarver very well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it makes you wonder if, if he finally does, um, you know, if, if what Woj is saying is accurate. I, I feel like you and Jared both have hit the nail on the head in terms of, you know, he's going to, never be forced to sell. Mm-hmm. But if he accepts the punishment, is mm-hmm. away for a year, 
I mean, no involvement with an entity of that size and, and you know. But you keep your billion-dollar investment. Sure. Um, so you take a year off and you go run your soccer team. Does that, I mean, but does that change your, your mindset on, on being part of the NBA? <sighs> Not if you're combative, because I think more than anything, I think Robert Sarver would love nothing more now than to take a championship trophy from Adam Silver if he's feeling like he's the victim in this. If he feels like he does not deserve any of these sanctions, that would seem to me to be what his reaction might be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just – to me, I, I just – I did not expect the league to present this, that he – that we have found evidence based on 80,000 documents and other materials, interviews with 320 people. Uh, and what they're putting out there, I, I just – the punishment for it I it couldn't be what they were striving for. Couldn't be. No, for an investigation of that scope and length. I, yeah, I, I'm curious if a lot of this, if a lot of this is misogyny and real toxic workplace culture towards women, which I think is fair. Would you find that to be fair, Sarah? Yeah. I wonder what the Mercury, how the Mercury will react to this, because I've already said that the basketball team in Los Angeles, after hearing Donald Sterling's racist voice on tape, they weren't playing basketball for him anymore. So the league, they, they, that was an obvious decision. These sons have not reacted that way at all, at all. Yeah. Which no. me, which me, which means they have not heard this, or they're ignoring this, or whatever. But I'm curious what the, how the Mercury respond to this. Yeah, yeah certainly be, can't sit well with them. No, I don't. I don't think it would. But you're right. I mean, what what has been said uh, um, from at least the the on the floor products of, of both the Suns and Mercury has been supportive of Robert Sarver in, in the months leading up to this. So we'll see. Uh, it's all brand new. Uh, it's available for download. You can read the whole 43 pages yourself. But it all. Leads to a one-year suspension for Robert Sarver and a $10 million fine. And that suspension includes no involvement in basketball operations whatsoever for a one-year time period. We'll have some final thoughts on uh, today's edition of Bickley and Murata Mornings next here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Bickley and Murata. Song of the Day. Today's song of the day, Joe Perry and Steven Tyler, that's all I can name from Aerosmith. There's somebody named Hamilton in there. Is there? All right, Hamilton. Train kept a rolling all night long. Why we're playing this, I do not know. Sarah said that uh, was a train wreck Tuesday earlier in the show. <laughs> train wreck Tuesday. There and, we go. Uh, for me, but the train keeps rolling, baby. For me personally, it's been a train wreck Tuesday, the last hour of the show. Man, I feel like I'm living inside my own brain right now. I oh, yeah. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to be living no, in my no. brain. 1974, this goes back to. It's a great track. 
Aerosmith was, voice was Aerosmith was fabulous yeah, be, before they got all gooey and poppy and ballads and love songs. Yuck. <laughs> well, they were, they were, Aerosmith was able to reinvent themselves about two or three times there. And they stayed more relevant than a lot of those bands from the 70s. Longer. They got a roller coaster named after them at Disney World, for goodness sakes. Did they really? Yeah. They had a video game. Rock was it called Train Kept a Rolling? No, it's, called, <laughs> it's a great roller coaster. Just a little too short, as most Disney roller coasters happen to be. But That's right, and they just play Aerosmith music do. throughout the ride. That's exactly what they do. But, I mean, Aerosmith was not relevant for a very long time. And remember their, their comeback? Spurred on by Run DMC? Then they, they were irrelevant again. Then they had another comeback in the early mid 90s with those Alicia Silverstone videos. Mm-hmm. And then moved to Armageddon. And they've gotten nowhere ever since. <laughs> You're right. Here you go. Aerosmith Trade kept a roll in today's song of the day. Bickley and Murata going off the grid. Off the grid. Brought to you by Sweet James Accident Attorneys. If you've been hurt in an accident, call Sweet James at 800 500 or sweetjames.com. I feel like I've uh, I've dropped the ball. I don't have a Vinny Joe trivia question today. I'll give you a chance to sharpen your minds for tomorrow. Um, with, obviously, the focus on the NFL and with this late uh, in the show story about the Robert Sarver suspension, in case you're just joining us, a one-year suspension for Robert Sarver mm-hmm. based on the investigation that was done into the Suns' workplace culture, also a $10 million fine. No involvement whatsoever from Sarver with the uh, uh, basketball operations or business operations with the team. And more details of that are coming out every minute here. Yes. Like so. what? I, I missed them. Here's one. Uh, when... They looked into inappropriate sexual conduct. Early in his tenure as team governor, Sarver made a comment to a female employee about his genitalia. While preparing to take a shower at team facilities, Sarver entered an adjacent room where a male employee and a female employee were meeting. Upon seeing them, Sarver made a comment to the female employee reported as, you need to get out of here. You've never seen anything this big. I didn't need to hear that. The female employee found his comment inappropriate. Yeah. (laughs) Also, this from uh, Ben Golliver, NBA reporter for the Washington Post. NBA's investigation in the Suns owner, Robert Sarver, found he used the N-word, repeating or purporting to repeat what a black person said during a 2004 free agency recruitment, a 2012-13 team building exercise, and after a 2016 game against the Warriors. Yeah, we we knew about the 2016 game against the Warriors. That is what uh, Baxter Holmes wrote about. I think Draymond Green was the the, the player at the center of that. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot to go over here. Yeah, this is this report also indicates that Sarver once unnecessarily dropped his underwear and exposed his genitals to a male employee. Well, that's a, uh, the Rich Rod special they call it. <sighs> So anyway, got fired for that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, Wolf and Luke, Burns and Gamble will have a lot more on this uh, as the day rolls on. We haven't had a chance to talk anything about college football from over the weekend. Um, and what I thought to be a very, very, very frustrating performance by ASU. Now, I did not expect them to go on the road to Stillwater and win that game against Oklahoma State, Vic. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, man, you want to talk about a, an offense that really operated with no sense of urgency at all? That's what the Sun Devils were. I mean, there's conservative, and then there's what they did. Uh, Two instances in that game 
You're late in the in the first half, you get the ball with two two and a half minutes to go, and timeouts on your side. Run on first and second down. I think they kept the ball for 45 seconds and punted it back to Oklahoma State, and then they fall behind 17 in the fourth quarter. Which college football, anything is possible. Uh, with seven minutes and change to go, and there was nothing resembling urgency. Uh, you know, they they go at a, a glacial pace offensively compared to what Oklahoma State did. Right. And I know Herm in his press conference said, "Look, yes, y- yesterday he said we'll we'll throw the ball fifty times if we have to to win a game. That'll never happen." You have yeah, to play with pace to have no, fifty attempts in a yeah, game. Yeah, listen, it, it, it's I'm, I'm with you on that. That's this is that's been a recurring thing. This offense has just yeah. always been way too conservative. Yeah, forty two passes they've attempted in two games. There's only six teams that have attempted less passes than that in the country, and three of them are the service academy. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> That's something to keep an eye on. Uh, Eastern Michigan in town, so it should be uh, a return to a relatively easy win before Pac-12 play starts for the Sun Devils. That is going to do it for us. Thanks to Ryan Fitzpatrick for joining us. Thanks to you for hanging out as well. We'll do it again tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. Wolf and Luke are up next here on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Have a great day, everybody.